0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where in this world you might be. Thank you so much for making The Highbury Squad part of your day. It's a Monday madness with a little twist of inside the dressing room tonight. Let's roll, people. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Hi, everyone. No matter where in the world you might be, thank you so much for making us part of your day. The Gremlins are here. It's Monday. The mic is broken. The technology is absolutely just caving in on us. There's a storm in California for the ages, but it doesn't matter because I've got these two absolutely epic icons in chat with me today. Welcome back, my podcast brother from another mother, Mr. Superkev, Superkev Campbell. First,
1: <laughs> At ease, squaddies. Hey, and it's snow in London. Rain in Manchester, snow in London. So <laughs> everything comes to a halt in London. At ease, squaddies. At ease.
0: And I'm not sure about where Warren is in beautiful Southern California, but there's hailstones. It's dark. It's beautiful. It feels like we're back in England, doesn't it, Warren Barton? newcastle icon welcome back to squad central Woo!
2: thank you very much thank you i haven't got the salute i haven't got anything else to go with super <laughs> kev but the, the sunshine's coming through that's all i can say the <laughs> oh cheers Warren. in sunny san diego i've gone from guitar 90 degrees to this so yeah not too bad life life sucks kev life really sucks. i uh, know it does i could see it mate i could see it <laughs>
0: Well, welcome to both of you and apologies to the squaddies. Um, yeah, my mic took a dump on me. Um, Kev tried to help and basically, you know, we went old school. We're going with the old laptop speakers. So bear with me uh, as much as you can. All right, it's Monday Madness. That's top five talking points. I've got these two fellas who've worn the shirt, worn the badge for top clubs in their careers, also have been there for um, their country at some point. Uh, international level. So I'm going to get stuck into it right away. There's no mayo, no mustard tonight, you guys. We're going to give this to the people with no filter, right? So you've both been part of an England setup. We have you both here. You've played at the highest level. You've succeeded at the highest level. You failed at the highest level also. Sometimes the failures come because of a particular player or you failed as a team collectively. Let me ask you this, Warren, we'll start with you tonight. The pressure of the moment, scoring one penalty in a quarterfinal of a World Cup is pressure enough. Was it right to let Harry Kane take the second penalty? And as a player and as, as, as his teammate, are you a little bit pissed off because he missed it? Or are you totally embracing him because he's the captain and he's been, a, he's been such an integral part of the team? Give me the honest take on this whole thing.
2: No, well, first, he's got every right to take the penalty. He scored the first one. Uh, he went through his preparation, as we see, uh, going back to the ball, addressing the ball. Obviously, I think, Kev, if it come against any other goalkeeper from Larice, they played 300 games with each other. So they've been to each other. They've trained together. So I think that maybe was in the back of his mind. But I think he's the right person to take it. I would support him. Drew did that when the French players are all laughing and joking in his face. The first kid, 19-year-old, went over to his captain and put him on the back of the head and said a few words to him. So I would back him. I was lucky enough to play with Alan Shearer, you know, England captain. He'd miss penalties, but more, more than likely he would score them. I think when you looked at that team, he was the right person to take at that time. The only doubt is would have been you know again coming against Lloris, that someone that he goes against week in week out that mindset was in the back of his mind and listen it's it's the biggest stage it's the fine margin but i don't think we should take over just that miss we had other chances to kill the game off. i thought we played well for long periods of that game but when you don't put a team like france away and i love during i really do i think he's a if anyone can score a winning goal against us I was quite happy for him because i think he's been a model professional he seems a nice fella i don't know him kev you might know him better than me but he seems a a top class professional top class person but he's fine lines and i I would back him harry kane i'd back him again to take it uh so no i know this is a a, an arsenal podcast and there would be a lot of you know my, my brother's an arsenal fan so he was sending me pictures straight away of harry kane and missing it so um but I would back him i would back him again if it happened because he's the right man at the time to to take that there's certain players in our career and i'm sure kevin say you know burkham Henri, right they're the people that you want taking it the ones that sit on the fence or they're not sure that you don't want them taking a penny you know that i wouldn't take it put it that way i'd have i'd have alan <laughs> Shearer before me that's that's being honest that's being honest because no i love that i, I remember when david batty took it he didn't he didn't mind bats, but he didn't really wanna. Do you know what I mean? He didn't really wanna take it. He wasn't that, but he stood up because that was a, that that was a person to to be the next one to go up. But um yeah, so that's hugely disappointing because I think whoever wins the, that game will go on and win it. And it's just a shame it wasn't it wasn't us, because I thought we played well. I thought we really did play well.
0: Kev.
1: Okay. Yes, I'm pretty much the same as Warren. I just think maybe from a striker's point of view, who would you say is England's best penalty taker? It's, it's Harry Kane all day long. And the fact he scored one isn't the fact that, oh, should he have taken a second one? I can't believe all this nonsense coming out. You know, he shouldn't have taken a second. It's even more so. He's the main man. These are the moments that he lives for. You thrive for as a as a, as a a big-name striker. You want to be the difference maker. That That's what it's all about. I thought he played v- pretty well in the game as well. You know, it could have had a penalty again in the first half. That might have changed things. But again, at this level, it's fine margins. Look, he, he skied it and, you know, he put it over. But how many times has he has he stuck him away? He sticks them away so many more times than he than he misses. And he's had some misses. But again, I don't think there was anybody else in the team. If you... If you said, we're going to get two penalties, who do you want to take them before the game? You would say Harry Kane.
0: Okay, but... um, I've got
1: no problem with him taking the second at all.
0: Do teams, and as players, guys, can you help me understand, if you do get two penalties in a game and you've been part of many teams, does the same penalty taker take the penalty? If it's Shearer, Warren, is it Shearer?
2: If he'd missed the first one, I think you've got right to answer that question. If he'd missed it, and then the second one comes along. I think we've got every right. But he scored. He scored the first one. He, he, he put it away. He sent him the wrong way. So he scored the first one. And, you know, Messi has scored 30 penalties in each way. 30. So it happens to the best of us. And some of them in big games. Huge games that he's had to play in. So, you know, from that point of view for from Harry Kane, he scored the first one. So that's i agree with kevin i don't really not not your question i think it's been going around social media the last yeah. 48 hours what is the what is the pro- he scored the first one he took one he, took one, he missed it. it so it wasn't as if like he was uncomfortable taking the first one and he, he you know he put it away he put it away mm-hmm. with real conviction i'm jumping around the the, the studio delighted and then i think if i want anyone to take it in that moment with eight minutes to go because I think we get, we win that. We get that penalty. We We, 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 we
1: equalise. We win.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think we win it. And, oh, um, come
0: on! You don't know that. No, Sorry. but that's we, the. Uh, under- but
1: that's the feeling, Soph. That's the feeling. You see, as
0: because players, it's momentum shift. As, pe- yeah, as that's the feeling. yeah. That's the momentum that shift.
1: That's the momentum shift. Because remember, like they, we, they, we, they we 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 equalise. They go two one, and then you peg them back again. They can't shake you off. Sorry, Warren. Go on.
2: Yeah, no, you've been there, Kevin. It's like they'd gone. They'd gone at that point. You know, we've all jurispr- We've been in games where you've, the opposition are just as good as you, but for some reason, they can't get into it. And I know it's all hypothetical and what might have happened, what could have happened. But as a player and looking at it, I'm thinking, if Harry gets this, we're, we're in business. we we'll are win this. we we'll are win this with the players coming on. I know you can't say it and it's now we're out. We're sitting there and France and probably going and go back to back and win it. But I just had that feeling of... 500 games experience, What I call it what it is. I just felt we had them. We had them, they'd gone.
0: Okay, so I always find this narrative interesting. I said the same thing with regards to Brazil. They can have all of the stars on the shirts they like. In the last few World Cups, they've failed miserably. Mentally, they've not um, been able to stand up the way they have in previous tournaments. You've got smaller nations like Croatia, of course, Morocco or the Leicester City and the Cinderella of this world cup there always is one that will shine for a little bit they've gone a little bit further than most but isn't it time that we stop molly and enabling this england team you guys and i and i wanted to ask you from the professional point of view as players because the premier league is definitely the most exciting league in the world it attracts the best players And weirdly, I think that most people, even though it isn't the case because we've got so many wonderful international players who come to play in England, who make the league the beautiful thing that it is, I think that people expect England to excel. You know, Harry Kane plays with Son, you know, great partnership, you know, lauded, even though they haven't won anything, Saka the shining star for Arsenal. Grealish, the £100 million signing from Manchester City. Foden, the next great thing, could win a Ballon d'Or. He's like, Messi. You know, I feel like this overhyped, overlauded aspect of England because of the Premier League just gets people carried away a little bit. And Warren, maybe once again, we're seeing that England maybe just really aren't that good enough. And mentally, in big competitions, they still have a level of impotence that they have to work on.
2: No, I think you're right. I think your your last statement about uh, the mental hurdle that you have to get over, you know, Croatia in the semi-final, when we got out Uh, you know, the wingbacks was pushing on, we didn't adjust. The only thing I would say with Gareth, and I, I'm a big fan of Gareth Southgate, I think he needs someone next to him who's can think outside the box tactically, you know, he's got Stevie Holland, I did my pro license with Stevie, very loyal, very good coach, but you know kev when you think back in your career with your t- I mean, like obviously Venga's and but there's always been another coach next to him that's given the coach the head coach mm. different scenarios and different ideas i think that's where gareth is is anything cross against him and i think we've all fell in love with gareth with the waistcoat and when we played italy we get the dream start and then we just froze for whatever reason and he's the coach and he should try and address that if i was him i would scour the world to get someone that I could trust and have ideas at about man-management in a game. Because I think that's his thing that he, he misses as a, as a top-level coach. I think when we look at Mourinho in the past, he's always man-managed games as the game's going on. Uh, Pep Guardiola does it, et cetera, et cetera. So, I think that would be the only thing that I would question with Gareth about in-game man-management. We didn't adjust. But I think the French game, they sat back. They was obviously wanted us to come forward to create space. But we dealt with that really, really well. I can't remember them. I mean, it was a foul against Saka and then we got caught out of position and they go and score. But it was a long time until they scored. But we, I think there was a, a foul beforehand. I think that with the referee, I don't think he was good enough. But you, you're right. We do sit on this pedestal. We haven't won anything since 1966. But in the last few tournaments, it's the closest we've ever got. Apart from when mm. I was with Venables in Euro 96, penalty shootout away since then we haven't been anywhere near it you know and look at the I think in the past decade we've had better players like Steven Gerrard Rooney Frank Lampard Rio Ashley Cole John Terry the list goes on and on they're better than Harry Maguire better than these players but we couldn't get we couldn't get a team spirit together but we've got some wonderful players I just think now Gareth has got a big decision to make about if he stays or and if he does I think he needs to bring someone in Who's got just a different soccer IQ, just something different. And Brazil, you know, they've underachieved as well with their players. But I think we're as good as anything in the tournament. You know, Germany went home, Spain went home. You know, we we say we get caught up how great they are and technically that they went home. I think that the US game summed us up. I think that was maybe we're not as good as we thought we are. I think he should have changed it there. But I don't think we're a million miles away. Um, as probably about eight nations are. But that's that's the fact. I mean, look what happened to Belgium. Look at them. You know what i mean so that's the only thing kev i don't i I was thinking about that with gareth and you know you know him i know him, played against him and Mm. and everything else i just think the three big games he's had maybe not the france one because that's i thought we may manage it but the other ones we just got a bit italy uh, croatia
0: and and this one warren i think you think you have to include this one too a little bit um yeah yeah
1: Yeah. I, i think the margins are so i think the margins are so fine you know it's not in the, in did... this
2: game, Kev, I think it was. I think, they might... but when we Yeah, but even against
1: Croatia... Croatia, even against Croatia, we had opportunities. There was one particular one where we're 1-0 and, you know, Harry Kane goes for, and he should have squared it, to, I think it was to Sterling. Oh, Square it to Sterling, yeah. that makes it 2-0. So, yeah. again, there's nothing the manager could do about that. I, I really think that the margins are so fine. Gareth Southgate's the second most successful England manager ever.
2: Oh, yeah, I know. We've only had one that's won it.
1: <laughs> no, but but this is but this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Where we go to penalty kicks in the Euros, we get to a semi final of a, a World Cup, and now now we get to a quarter final. You're right, Warren. Maybe there is something that needs addressing within that backroom staff to get across to the players to get across the line. But there ain't a lot wrong. We have got we've got good players. We can compete with anyone in the world. But getting over, but everybody is trying to get over that line. Everyone is.
0: Okay, so let me throw this one at you then, guys, because you talk about getting across the line and you know. I'm sorry, um, just let me
2: just say one thing as well. Yeah, go on. Warren, I comment I, yeah. I, I, I commentated on the Croatia uh Morocco game. You wouldn't have thought Croatia was going to get anywhere near it they didn't look good but it's that momentum they get the break they get a result and the same with Morocco Morocco just defended they're great fans defended 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 and when they got the chance that they took it so it's not like they've done it with wonderful technical ability and been blowing everybody out they've stumbled through it and I was in the press conference after Croatia drew nil nil. they was like ripping them the piece, we're not good enough, we're too old, moderate shouldn't be playing, he's out, why is Lovren playing? We haven't got a true number nine. We haven't got a Harry Kane, they were say you know yeah. and, you know, they go on now and got a great chance of, of getting, you know, back to another final. So it like Kev said, it's the fine, fine lines.
0: Okay, so I believe that the excuses need to stop for England and they need to stop for Southgate. It's a little similar to Mikel Arteta this season having to deliver for Arsenal. Three seasons in, you've had a process that's led to progress and now you need to deliver the big one. Qualify for the Champions League, which it looks like it's going to happen this season. And the same thing happens for all the top managers at top clubs who have to deliver, right? So I revert back to what happened. Um, and I asked this only because it involved Arsenal players. Um, I, I, I felt less of a stake in this World Cup. But uh, Schrodinger's Cats Flap, which is a very extraordinary screen name, by the way, you guys, kudos to him. He's won four out of 24 against the top 19 sides. Um, when you look at England in the last, in the Euros, it, it, I think they had a, a much better showing in the Euros than, than they did in the previous World Cup in terms of the teams they built towards getting into that semi final, As players, this is the biggest criticism, um, and we'll swing back to you Warren on this one that, that fans have, is the substitutions, right? So you're chasing the game and a little bit like making late subs against Croatia, making late subs or bringing certain players on. This is the biggest beef I think fans have. You're bringing on Mount, you're bringing on Sterling. Rashford had an amazing game, could come on and turn the game. Madison, someone that everyone cried out for, in the end, does it look like Gareth Southgate just chose him out of uh, pressure? What's your take on the subs? As a player, when you're on the pitch, are you ever thinking and have you ever thought, why is he bringing him him on? We need this guy right now.
2: Um. Only when they took Janola off, I was like, why are they taking him <laughs> off? <laughs> when, when Kenny used to do that, I was like, Kenny, gaffer, just leave him on. Don't matter if he's not playing well, he, he can do something. Um, I was thinking the same thing. I was looking at the game 2-1. I thought, we were going to get into it. You felt that like there was a chance to to get into the game. But yeah, you're right. I mean, thinking about, it, I mean, Rashford should have had a chance. Madison, I don't think was ever going to get the opportunity. If he didn't come on against Iran, he was never going to come on. uh But then, who do you leave out? Do you take Grealish off? Do you not let him put Foden on? Do you not put Saka on? I mean, that going back to what Kev said, the the talent that we've got is is so deep of that similar type of player that can come in and can change a game with a pass. We're, we're blessed with so many that type of players that can. Lawrence, it was Mount
1: who, went, who run through and got the penalty. Yeah, he's a sub. So, yeah, so so, yeah. so we can't have it both ways. We missed mm. the penalty, fair enough, but you know you you expect to, the subs to have an impact mm-hmm. at some stage, and it, that was the impact. We got a penalty, but we fluffed the lines.
2: That's 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 football for you. And, and go the, the gone, lo- The the logic of him putting Mount on as well, like Kev said, was to get forward and create some, but also that to help us defensively because we didn't want to open ourselves up because obviously yes. if they scored it was all over 3-1 it was, it was all gone while it's 2-1 as a play, you feel you've got half a chance to get back in it particularly when you look around what you've got but it's like you live and die by your subs you put someone on they score in the first 30 seconds you're the best coach ever but you're right when you look at Rashford could you have put him on 10 minutes earlier if you've got Foden that was sort of drifting out the game can you maybe get uh, someone on a little bit earlier, so of course, and I'm sure he and I, I coach on academy level, not uh, nowhere near that. But sometimes after a game, I think, oh, maybe I should have put this kid on a bit earlier, or you, you, you question. and that's where Gareth has to sit down and analyze everything that he's done, because did he make the subs at the right time? Did he, you know, Brazil put everybody on the field and? everybody got a touch of the 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 ball but they they went home so you know what do you do like kev said you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because you you do this you end up falling on if like, oh wow why'd you make so many subs we would have kept if we kept it as it was we was going to score so yeah. probably that's yeah. that's why we sit here and do podcasts is to let gareth get on with it <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so um kev and warren kev i'll swing this one back to you after a tournament like this we've heard from neymar talk about mentally how he's completely spent you know um feels like a you know the sponge when you wring it out after a wash we heard our very own Tommy Yasu talk about how he needs a mental break from football. Good news is he's already joined the Arsenal uh, team in Dubai um, ahead of the game against AC Milan. And of course, we're heading back home to play Juventus. But I wanted to get this take from both of you because, Kev, you've been, you, you've been involved watching from the 89 phase to being part of a championship winning squad and a European winning squad. And Warren who's been on the prefaces of winning the big one twice at that level. And then it just not coming home for certain reasons. Mentally, how are these players coming back? Everyone just expects them to be robots and slot in and move on when clearly a lot of this stuff takes its toll. What's your take Kev on? They better. <laughs> I no, know you have no, no forgiveness. No, on no,
1: so- Sophie. Look, you go off to the World Cup, and you know, listen, there's only one team who's going to win it. There's only one. So there's going to be a lot of disappointed players when you go home. We get that. But there's still a lot of work to be done. There's a title to go for, there's a lot of football to be played. There's no time for sulking. We're five points clear at the top. So, you know, the the key to it is you get back in with the lads, you get your head, you get your right head on, and you get moving forward with the squad. Because you know what? You may never ever get this opportunity again. May never. So, again, dust yourself down. Here we are. Each fan of every single club expect their players to come back and start performing like they did beforehand. There's no excuses, Soph. There's no excuses. People don't care. You're out of the World Cup, get back to Arsenal business or get back to Newcastle business or whichever club you're at, get back to business. This is what it's about. And unfortunately, Sophie, usually, that's why the World Cup's in the summer where people can then go off on the holiday and switch their brain off. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we can't afford to do that now
0: yeah warren what what's your take um i mean it's a tough one because we saw our soccer suffer after the euros greatly and in a way that nobody wants wants to see any player ever suffer at the hands of racial abuse for missing a penalty we see harry kane miss a penalty does feel a little bit like he's being held to a different standard if i may say so myself that's just my personal humble opinion But at the same time, mentally, these players going back in a time where the final act of the season, Warren, like your boys, Newcastle, you're less affected maybe by the World Cup. But this is definitely going to be something that a Mikel Arteta has to kind of handle. You know, I think Saka comes back from this thinking, wow, this is nothing compared to losing in the Euros and being racially abused uh, for missing a penalty. Would you agree with the differences maybe of this tournament versus last for especially our players?
2: Yeah, I just want to go back as well with, when Kev said about Arteta. I remember doing the, I think it was before Leeds game at home, and Kev was the one to say, stick with Arteta, stick with Arteta, keep going. And I remember the other guys, no, get him out, he's this, he's that. So kudos to you, Kev, because there was a lot of people that was ready to jump on top of him and, and get him out I just that just came to my head when we he was talking about that um and Kev's answer is exactly the sort of answer I would say but our generation Kev was told to get on with it there was no point of sulking because if you didn't do it someone else is going to come in the problem you have now and I've got three young boys it's a different mind game now the social media comes into it like you said with players getting abused there's no way of just dusting yourself down now with young players unless they have that support in their club unless they have that time and i would say exactly the same thing that kevin just said kevin just said there is like, you know Saka, you know you the biggest thing now get back to newcastle get back to arsenal this is the most important thing we don't care it's hard because we do care you know and that's the world we live in now and you know it'd be lovely if we could all be like robots like you said and and work our way around it but young players and modern day players a little bit different to what me and kev are because you, you you couldn't do the things that maybe george graham used to do or fergie used to do they couldn't do it now. or joke when i was at wimbledon you couldn't get away with that now i'm not saying it was right but that was the area that we lived in now the players have got to come back now whether that's having a bit of time we, i mean how does sterling feel that he's representing his country and people are breaking into his house and burgling in his house and but, but, i mean what is going on with with the he's representing his country he's trying to win a world cup and people have done that he's had to deal with that making sure everyone's okay Do you imagine how the other players felt like oh if they're going to do it to my my house should be the next one I'm getting on phone to his the family making sure we've got people at high so they're not really mm-hmm. having to deal with a world cup they're having to deal with people breaking into their houses and maybe beating their wife up or beating their kids up so they have to deal with that so it is a, a fine line of i know i've deviated a little bit but this is all the things that modern day players have to to deal with and they need the support but they've got enough time now if you need that extra day be prepared like i said newcastle has only got six players i believe that have been away and most of them really didn't play a lot so it's it's an honor to represent your country and it's an honor to be in a world cup so the, the transition shouldn't take too long but the mental disappointment is like okay sometimes when you're young you sort of oh it come next year maybe when you're older you weigh a little bit more on it but You know you've got to remember they need a bit of support they need some guidance and if they need an extra day off a little bit of time but they're still paid a lot of money to play for their club and like kev said there's a lot a lot of points to be played for and if they end up picking up a premier league title Saka at the age of what 21 that could take away the pain of what he's just gone through of losing against france so Mm -hmm. and that's part of maturing and going forward and going along so you know for us to stay here which we do, Kev. Me and you get on with it. You know, we support you. Be tougher. There's a lot more than maybe because we was like that. Me, me and Kev was like that. That's yeah. All but we Warren,
1: knew. My, my point. Warren, my point is this: <laughs> Mikel, Arteta, Mikel Arteta has got the squad together for this squad for a reason. The team spirit, etc. That's why they're in Dubai. That's why the players can come straight from the World Cup into the camp. And I believe some of the players are, are in the camp and getting time off. You know what I mean? They're actually... You,
2: you've just said two words Integrating. There, yeah. They're in Dubai, right? <laughs> it's not a bad place, is it? They're, they're not stuck in... Exactly. <laughs> warm weather
1: training, the clothes...
2: are right. by... I, I don't feel sorry for There. Get on with it. Suck it up. <laughs> and I can go but, but, and win but, something, will you? But, but Warren, but my point is this.
1: Mikel Arteta he's got he's got the players there and some of the players come back sparingly and players are getting time off within the camp just to reintegrate themselves back in with the squad. I think that's important that they're not all the way back in England they're right close they could just hop into the 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 squad Uh, With the with the management team, go into the
2: spa, go into the spa, exactly. You know, (laughs) go to the the soup.
1: You could go shopping. (laughs) You could do a little
2: bit, kind of. And
1: I know, Warren, I know it's not the end of the season because that's when you really could decompress. But it's the first time a a World Cup's been mid-season, so
2: how the players
1: actually are going to, you know, how they're going to actually react. So I, I think is a difficult one to judge. But the key is. The squad's there. There's a really tight-knit group in the squad. So you just want them to reintegrate themselves as best they can. And then the rest is up to the manager because at the end of the day, Warren makes a good point. There's a lot to deal with. And if people are not in the right frame of mind, we have a squad where we can mix and match.
0: So So I was going to ask you both.
1: If you're not right, you don't play.
0: Right. So I think, When Warren was called to England, Alan was in the squad as well. Um, And maybe, I don't, I can't remember if Rob Lee was, or you can tell me Warren. And when Kev was called into the squad, of course he had Merce, Winterburn, Rocky, and Seaman. And then you kind of find yourself going back to your team with your boys, that you know, are your brothers in arms. Can you talk me through that a little bit? You just touched on it, Kev, and in, in ter- and both of you in terms of you know you go back, you get stuck right back in. But what does it feel like when you go back? Does it does it feel like I'm home, Warren? Does it feel like okay, I can just refocus now and get stuck in and focus on my club? I, I'd love to know because I'm Saka in particular and Martinelli as young players. I'm really curious. As to how they're thinking right now going back maybe thinking we could have won the world cup we're not so what where do you think they're at and how does it feel to go back home to your team
2: yeah that's a that's a, a great question i i think you go back to comfort and security i think when you go back to your team because obviously they're big personalities in their team they're international players and yeah when we was away with alan peter Beersley was with us steve howie so there was about five of us in the car on the way home after an international you might stop off and get some drinks and have a chat because when you go into international football you you're sort of there in um i wouldn't say in a goldfish it's like you,
0: you're, you're there the bubble, to impress. You? yeah you're, you're the there bubble.
2: To bubble. yeah so you ain't going anywhere you're not deviating you're with players you don't really know and their personalities and you've got to get to know them pretty quickly So you i wouldn't say you have your guard up but you're, you're sort of conscious of what you're there to do when you can come back and you can sort of relax and let your shoulders down and have a bit more fun. That's why, you know, they've tried to make it a, a club mentality when you go international. But when you come back to your own club, you can be familiar. You know the people in the, in the kitchen area. You know the security people. You know the, the kit man. You know the physio. And you, you can sort of loosen and they'll ask you questions and you can sort of debrief by doing that, by getting it out of your system and, right, coming back. Now we're getting prepared. And I think, you know, they have got some time. It's not as if, like, you come back on Friday and, right, Monday, you're going to try and win the Premier League. You've got a couple of weeks to get it out of your system. But it's definitely, you come back home and you can sort of sit back and relax a little bit. And then, like Kev said, have a couple of days of doing that. And it's like, you know what, I want to get back training. I like what I'm doing. I want to get back kicking the ball. I want to get back playing. You want to get back having some fun. Um, Because both our teams had big personalities and a lot of fun. You know, that's the Mm -hmm. way. You know, we we all keep in contact now. We have, we reminisce about things, and we was both in teams that had good good team spirits, and and that was a big part of it, as well as really good players, obviously. So, but it, there was a lot of similarities about the team and people used to get on with each other. It's no coincidence. Now, 25 years, we're still on a WhatsApp conversation with everybody. You know, and probably Kev's exactly the same. You know, yeah. he he bumps into people, and it's you, you have that familiar. But it's it's a great question, and only one really they can answer. But for my feeling is, is when I went back to club level, it was like feeling comfortable, feeling secure, feeling confident. Uh, and then you're getting ready for the games going forward.
1: I'll tell you what, So. Our experienced players have a big, big job to do now. Yes. Warren, I'm sure Warren will agree. You know, the likes of... The, you, you look at Cedric, who's not really involved much. We, you know, played against Leon the other day. Him,
0: Xhaka, El, Jacka, El, Nanny, El, El Nanny. Nanny,
1: all these guys are the glue that's got to knit it all together. Thomas Partey's back there now. He's another one who's got to help and make sure everybody, the practical joker, he's another key person because, you know, Martinelli and Saka come back and, you know, you, you start getting involved in all the practical jokes and all of a sudden it just, it feels, where well, uh, I'm home. Mm-hmm. Things are just moving, I'm home. Whereas you don't want any any deviation from how it was before you left. You want to come back right into the flow. So I think, you know, Xhaka and all these guys have a big, big job and a big part to play. Even Ramsdale. Ramsdale's a character. I know he was with England, didn't play. But him coming back, he seems to be, you know, one of the guys who could get the dressing room. Goalkeeper's always mad as well, so... You know, you, you need them, guys, to drive drive the Arsenal bus.
0: Can I ask and I think, you guys- I think also as
2: well, players are quite resilient. You know, when the coach leaves, it's like, oh, it's devastation. But Kevin, can tell you, 40 hours later, they're jumping around and singing and having a laugh. So they're more resilient because of the business you're in, because of when they've been a kid at five, six, seven, eight, you've got to, you've got to work, 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 work. You've got to grind. People come and go. People leave. So you're quite resilient in that, and you're quite selfish as well. I don't know if Kev agrees because, you you know, when you're getting ready for a game, nothing else matters apart from you and the game. It's not like family or friends. You have to friends. look, look after number one. one.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to look, look after exactly. number one,
2: yeah.
0: Warren, can uh, I asked this question to Kev uh, last week about playing in a big game versus not. And I think there was, we, when we spoke maybe a few years ago, Warren, the 4-3, and, and we, we talk about the 4-3 a lot when you come on the show you you weren't selected to start the 4-3 at Anfield Um, and there's games where Kev hasn't been chosen you know and also you know in terms of at the end with Arsenal he's like thinking he can be the main man but of course managers have different opinions about that does it affect you differently if you're not playing in a big game that you lose for example how affected is Martinelli not playing in that Brazil game where they lost in at penalties? How affected is Saka having played and being an, been an integral part in England's team in this World Cup? Can you talk me through that a little bit, whether it's club versus country?
2: Yeah, no, I think it's it hits home more when you've actually been involved. I, I, I would suggest when I, when we lost the four three the second time round, it hit me. I was more the first time I didn't play. I was more frustrated that KK Kevin Keegan didn't put me in. Didn't play me. I was more like angry with that, and I wanted to play and I wanted to prove him right and and things. But when I actually played and I actually got the equalizer, and then we still lost, it was it was um it was difficult to take more because you've been involved. You're more emotionally involved in that. So I think Martinelli, again, let's put it into it. It was a late call. He probably wasn't expecting it. He's probably on a high. He's represented Brazil. In his mind, he's probably thinking, well, I've got another couple of more World Cups to be involved in. Saka's been in the heart of it, you know, got to a final in the Euros, got to a quarter-final in a World Cup. He might be a little bit more in, invested because he was involved a, a, a lot of the time. But that then goes back to his experience and he seems a real, I mean, what what, what what, a lovely kid when he went to David Beckham, excuse me, sorry to interrupt you, can I have a picture? I mean, how many players, how many kids, let alone players at that level, would say that? Most kids would just jump in front and take a selfie he's actually polite enough to hey it's so that speaks volumes about him so and like so like you said what he went through in the Euros he probably thinks this is we've all not a lot to deal with what I've gone through and I've shown character and we've all had certain things in our career nowhere near from that what that kid had to deal with but being told you're not good enough you're too small Mm. you're not going to play you you've had knockbacks in your time and that makes you stronger makes you more. Resilient to that, and a great credit to him because I'm sure he'd be an even better player. He'd be even stronger, and he'd be better for Arsenal and obviously better for for England. And that's the main thing. But yeah, there's no doubt when you're actually involved in the game, you've got more emotions rather than sitting on the sideline and and twiddling your thumbs waiting to get a chance.
0: Let's swing back to. Um club football here uh, a little bit as well and and by the way we're all very proud of Saka my bold I don't think it's a bold prediction I think Saka will be captain of England for the 2026 World Cup and I think it's he's three three years I away all right no
2: Jude Bellingham will be the captain
0: you think all right we're taking a bet Mr
2: yeah. Warren Barton all right. $10 I don't bet a lot $10 that's about 8 pounds Kev I've got three kids. And I've got three kids in a while. 20
0: bucks. Come on. <laughs> 20. 20 bucks. No. no. My, my wife's
2: told, wife told me we've got to start saving. We we might be retiring soon. So we've got to, we've got
0: to
2: save every penny.
0: Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, what do you we'll, think of we'll him?
2: Jude you... Bellingham. Can I ask you a question, Kev, with Jude Bellingham?
0: I love it when you guys ask yeah, go on. questions. Yeah, you How
2: good is he and how how, the, how high is his ceiling?
0: Wait. Can I jump in, Kev? Can I tell Warren what you said on our show a couple uh, a week ago when I asked you if you would take of Rice, you or Rice or Bellingham, Warren? And Kev said he'd take Rice all day long. Go on for Kev, Arsenal. Go.
1: Yep, for Arsenal. I would. Okay. Yep, I would. I would take because Thomas Parr, is he's not going to be there for a long time, and somebody like Rice, having that holding midfield player, is vital to Arsenal with. We've seen what Arsenal are like without a, whole, a proper holding midfield player, and I think you can get productive players who play in Bellingham. Bellingham, listen, I'm not saying Bellingham's not a quality player; his ceiling's massive. But I'm just talking about Arsenal. I I need that holding midfield player who can protect the back four, who could run a game.
2: If and you want to be the ne- if you want to be the next big club, though, you go and get both of them, wouldn't you? Yes. Well, we, we we discussed that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Warren, Warren, both.
1: we actually said that, but it, yes, the, 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 uh, the 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 challenge was you had to pick one. Sophie said, "Bellingham." Hey, Bellingham's a fantastic player. His ceiling, Warren, is uh, well, there is no ceiling to what he can. He's only nineteen years old. You know, you look at Saka's twenty-one. This kid is unbelievable. But having a holding midfield player of note is so important. And when they're See, not there, Arsenal suffer. That's the George Graham in you, isn't it? That's just the George <laughs> Graham in you, you know? <laughs> hey, I don't know? Hey, I don't know about that, but I tell you what, I do know, Warren. If Arsenal would have had a holding midfield player of note for the last 10 years, it would have been quite a bit different. Okay.
0: Well, um Warren, we actually added, we said what a window it would be to get Bellingham, um Rice, and... mudrick and... <laughs> and You want to be yeah. ambitious and win the league, Arsenal? Go get them all.
2: Newcastle can afford it, so we're going for the lot of them, don't okay, so we? We'll get... <laughs> we got money coming out of our ears. i uh, no. are so where to spend it. Oh, uh, man.
0: so are we competing, Warren, with this for the same players? Do you think at this point? I mean, we're seven points ahead of you. Who'd have thought Newcastle United would be in third? Um, and if we're being fair to Newcastle, you haven't spent the gazillions of dollars yet that most expected you to at this point. For me, if England are looking for a new manager, Eddie Howe seems to be the guy that can, you know, um, find a way to attack and also be disciplined at the back find the right players in a formula he's built bottom up at ball murphy's building bottom up again again at newcastle how lucky in newcastle to have eddie Howe? and do you compare forget the money side of things but do you compare a little bit of how he's come in and had an effect on newcastle the same way Mikel has on arsenal
2: it's funny because when uh he got the job there was a lot of people why are we getting him why and you know like kev it was like well let's see how he does with arteta let's give him a bit of time and you could sense straight away that he understood what it is to be a manager of newcastle because it is different So arsenal liverpool all have their own ways of, of being a manager and straight away with um eddie stopping for supporters at midnight to sign autographs rather than putting his head down making he's sh- on the phone and driving past them that sent to me he understood i think he realizes that he's on a great opportunity with a club that are going to back him are going to have that financial plan i spent a bit of time with the owners they're going to build something it's not just about a quick fix and doing it in 18 months they're building and by building they'll probably go again in this transfer window what's
0: your take warren what is that when you say you spent time what is their vision like what 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 can you say to Newcastle fans? Because Arsenal fans always want to hear from the owners or what's the vision? Like, are we going to spend in January? What, what's the long-term plan? I think we're seeing that a little bit. Like, what is their vision? What, th- th-
2: their vision is to, be, to build a club that's going to sustain and compete for trophies for many years. They're not looking to buy maybe the top article now that's finished for a couple of years just to go through. They're building for the future. When you look at the age group of the players that they're bringing in, you look at what they needed to bring in, a better goalkeeper. They've not gone and said, right, we're going to get four forwards. They needed to get a good goalkeeper. They needed to get a dominant centre-half. They've got a local kid that knows the club. So, they've they've gone about it in a way of, there's a logical way that they're bringing players in. Players in positions, players in age, players in style of football. When you look at what United have done, Manchester United have done in the last 10 years, they've just bought a name they haven't really thought about a system mm. they're about branding they're about selling shirts they're about and that's why they're in chaos and that's why it's taking time yeah so newcastle in a way have got a coach that was dying to get that opportunity I emery was the one that they really wanted and it's funny how fate and life works out for someone mm. eddie's come in now, all of a sudden, he's the blue-eyed boy. When he got relegated with Bournemouth, oh, we were not sure about him. His taxes are not good. I remember hearing people on TalkSport and Sky, oh, he doesn't do this. He the second time around, people are resilient. Coaches are resilient. He's gone back and forth about it. He understand that he's, he's doing. He just come back from Saudi Arabia. They've been out there with the owners and being around. So there's a, there's a real logic about what they want. Now, people are going to say, well, when are you going to win something? no one knows like kev said only one person can win something so something that's, sometimes is in the line but they will keep on improving in what they're getting so they've got international players Botman is in the dutch squad he wasn't in this but they're going to get another player that's in maybe the french squad who's going to come forward who's in spain who's in germany they're going to get international players for the future so when they do get to the promised land of competing we're not even talking about winning They can do it for the next 10 years. And then once that group is running out, they're going to start bringing in the younger ones in and younger ones. So there's a philosophy about what they're trying to do. There's not a quick fix. It was never about coming in and buying their way to the top straight away. It doesn't work. It's it's proved that it doesn't work. So they they thought about what they needed to do. Probably the saving grace for them, actually, the owners, is when they come in in October, they couldn't buy anyone until January. Where if they come in in December and thought, oh, we better start spending, spending, Hmm. it might have backfired. They had time they couldn't do anything so they had to sit down and plan what they're going to do over the next like two months three months and that probably given that time to to go and identify what they wanted if they didn't know it already i mean these people don't just go and flick through a magazine and think right i'm going to pick this kid Uh, they've already identified what they think and the ceo the director of football that type of thing so there's there's a logic of what they're doing because they want to be up there for a long time they don't just want to have a quick fix
1: but warren the recruitment's been right the, recruit, the head man, the top man recruitment, they got him from Brighton. Smart move. He, when he was on guardian leave, they made sure, right, we, we'll secure him. You look at the signings. The signings that have come in have all kind of worked out. All look the business. You know, Bruno has been <laughs> sensational. Eddie Howe has to take, you know, the coaching job he's done, absolutely massive. But Kev. you're right, they're not going crazy.
0: Kev, turning Joe Ellington into a midfielder uh,
1: Joel Linton. Joe Linton I mean Linton. as a striker as a striker Sophie he was awful
0: awful I mean people already they were ready to sell him at Newcastle and he was de- being declared as one of the biggest busts in Premier League history exactly. and Eddie Howe comes in and switches him into a midfield position and ha- has been and was one of the integral reasons why <laughs> Newcastle were able to survive Last Kevin, uh, also,
2: so as well, like, I, I think a good a sign of a good coach is to make the players he's already got better. So mm-hmm. he did that with Almiron, you know, Eddie coming made sure that people got fit, made sure there was a p- way that he was going to play. Joe Linton was never, I, I used to cover the Bundesliga for Fox. He was never a number nine. Mm. He used to play in that midfield, they call it, there's always numbers now. So a number eight position. So he wasn't really a holder midfield player. He was someone that would get box forward and try Box to box, yeah, yeah, and even that, Kev. I wouldn't say is a box to box, he'd, he'd come back and attack him, attacking, out a bit. attacking yeah.
1: midfielder. Yeah,
2: his, his first thing is to go so he got him in the game. So it's like you know, coaches come in and made the players he's got better, and that's his job, isn't it? It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. his job. Yes, you can buy players, but you know, all the good coaches make the players have already got better, and then add in a Haaland here. and. And obviously a, a, a dennis burkamp when he comes to arsenal you know then you've got them players that you can build around but the main thing is to make lee dixon better Make when arson come in make sure lee dixon winterburn tony because made sure that they looked after themselves on the field so they produce better on the field and they give them i remember dicko telling me he made my career go on another five years
0: course, by giving yeah. me that
2: by doing that so you know that that tells you a lot about a coach as well it's not just about x's and o's it's about getting the best out of the players that you've already got
0: so this is a, a question from lynn um that a few people have logged in warren as well and kevin and i've talked about this a lot because you know arteta was very close to winning the europa league um he was outscored by the man he replaced i think if he goes into a europa league semi-final this year he will be well-versed and would have learned from his mistakes what do you think about eddie howe um in terms of qualifying for europe and is he the guy that newcastle were going to stick with it's clear that the cronkeys want to stick with arteta do you think they will stick with um eddie as well warren and give him faith if, if he qualifies for a european spot no matter which one
2: yeah i think he's earned enough trust in the last year um because the jury was out you know whether he comes in does he get on with the owners do they have the same philosophy i mean eddie's an articulate young man he he understands the modern game he understands the the, the the politics that goes on in the ballroom i'm sure he's he's smart enough to understand that so but the main thing he's going to be judged on is is his performances and at the moment he's he's been excellent you know to get newcastle third in the league where they are the way that they're playing is more importantly so yeah, I think he's earned enough time now that if they do get into Europe or they do compete and challenge, that he'll have some time. Now, whether the owner's in a year's time and they're not doing where they are, they're ambitious. And that's the nature of the business. If it's not doing well, but I do believe he'll have a couple of breathing spaces to get through it. But I said it to at the beginning of the season. Now, he had, the honeymoon's over. The honeymoon was over. He kept them up. They did great. They was 11th, far more uh higher than anybody thought but they didn't win that many games if, if he lost the first couple of games he was under pressure that's mm. that's the nature of it and these people know that and eddie knows that so he knows he's he's having to do well but i do believe like our ted to now if he has a wobble of five eight games they're not going to start panicking and, and and sack him straight away but if he goes longer then that's the nature he's going to get the sack
0: Kev, we meet Newcastle United on January 3rd at home. Newcastle, prior to meeting... Ten, $10? Ten dollars, ten <laughs> no, ten dollars, yeah. 20 this time, Barton. I'm not taking 10 Um, Bournemouth... That's two yes. bets. He's, he's talking about
1: two bets, Sophie. She can't
0: hear
2: me, Kev. I'm, 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 I'm pushing out. My wife's not here at the moment. He's, oh, he's trying to
0: save too much money. Um, Newcastle play Bournemouth, Leicester, and Leeds before us. Kev, we play West Ham and Brighton. Um, we play at home. Let's be honest: the game at St James's is St James's Park to me, people. I'm sorry. Um, was humiliating at the end of last season, and Bruno is definitely a play that we wanted at the Arsenal. January third. What's your take on Newcastle and Arsenal and? I love that we don't know. So we're kind of talking about stuff that we don't know yet because there's going to be two or three games before it. But this is a revenge game for Arsenal, is it not?
1: So the the important thing for Arsenal is we've got to get right back on that horse. We've got to get right back on that pitch because we're the leaders. We've got to act like leaders. If we want to do anything, We've got to start how we finished. I know Jesus isn't there, but we've got to get back to winning ways. That's that's the nature of our business now. We know what Newcastle are. Newcastle are a front foot team who are going to come for us. They're definitely going to come for us. So we have to be on our metal. And one thing we don't know, sometimes momentum is is... When you stop the momentum, it's sometimes difficult to, to recapture it. Arsenal, they've been with Arteta a little bit longer. So maybe we hope their momentum, they will just get back into the swing of things a lot quicker than Newcastle do. But here's one thing I will say, Sophie, Newcastle won't be coming to mess about with us. They will be coming to be in our face Mm -hmm. at, at the Emirates for sure. Because they know if they put us under massive pressure, there's no Jesus at the top end of the pitch. They're going to challenge us everywhere. So we have to be at it to beat them.
0: Warren, from an outsider perspective, what is your take on us losing Jesus? Um, you know, there's the narrative of some Arsenal fans are like, well, he's not scoring. But most sensible Arsenal fans know what he offers to this team off the ball and how integral he's been to us being five points clear at the top of the Premier League. What does the opposing view look like when it comes to no Jesus at the Arsenal?
2: no it's a big incentive for newcastle because i think he's a key player not only i think he creates space for other players i think he links in well with the wide players he's a top class player he's a you know not obviously strikers they're judged on goals but he does a lot more than just score goals he brings other people in the game so for newcastle's point of view that's an added plus for for them and the, the break come for the worst time for both of these teams because they was both flying they were both doing well but they didn't want to break So, to go back, and Kev's right, we're a little bit unsure of how the momentum's going to be, how you're going to go. You'd like to think you can hit the ground running and everything will be okay, um, because confidence is a big thing. Uh, But they've been away from each other quite a while. So, to get back on the field, get back training. um, But it's great from my point of view, because obviously I was born in Islington and an Arsenal fan as a kid, and my brother's an Arsenal fan. But both teams are playing now with pride, they're playing with passion. And they're playing as kev said to go out and win rather than just trying not to lose um so i think it's going to be a great game uh, i think both teams will think they can win it um and both teams will go out and try and win the game which i think is going to be encouraging so but definitely you know losing someone like him it's like us losing callum wilson i know we've got a, a replacement but he, he has that sort of presence wilson that he can add to the team and his goals and his strength and his power so you know there's certain players you don't want to lose i'm sure arsenal don't want to lose her because he's an important
0: player. OK, we've got just a few minutes left here with Super Kevin Campbell and Warren Barton. Um, 55 minutes in, it's been an epic conversation getting into the mind of the footballer here on the Highbury squad. We'll get some quick-fire ones out <laughs> to these guys. And old footballers, old footballers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. I love it. I love these pictures. Um, I tell you, I, I mean, I mean, you guys are my era. I mean, you you know that already. You I just say right as now. well?
2: kev don't look any different
0: though i'm gray I've, my hair's gone All
2: All right. there you everywhere. are
0: warren. let's put you up like there you are look at you right there um... sweet
1: boy warren sweet boy look <laughs> yeah. <You> remember that <laughs>
2: remember that wedge haircut kev i remember, remember mate i remember sh- i remember you should have the wet look you should have the wet look coming uh, down as a baby as a baby
0: i i want the squaddies if you squaddies can name me this game and the season this game was played and the result i will send you a hybrid squad swag piece i tell you something because i do know i remember this i I definitely
2: know i definitely know and i don't want to remember
0: i don't want to be reminded what happened here with (laughs) troublemaker righty what
2: do you think happened with Righty? he was slaughtering (laughs) me all game absolutely hammering me all game and then it just enough, You'd had enough. you would done enough you had enough, enough. Warren. I, I said i said right yeah, i love you to death but shut your fucking mouth for yeah? you <laughs> <laughs> and at that point he knew he got me and then yeah. at that point he knew he started laughing but
0: he was, oh, a, he was, he was a really player. good at shithauser he wasn't oh. very
2: good my goodness you used to up front with smudger as well it was like okay, oh. now, can we just get a break can we just <laughs> just, just <Barton>! <Yeah>. You're playing in black is... and white. You're playing in oh, black yes. and white. Stop oh, keep giving God. it to us.
0: I think this oh, might God. be Lee Dixon's attempt of that hairstyle. A little bit, Warren. I don't know, but the two is similar, not not too dissimilar. And then here you are. What's the righty following you everywhere? And you've got Soul Campbell, Paul Lynch. What's happening here? This is for England
2: he's holding court there he's telling everybody what to do or not what to do and I was just thinking I just he was great to me when I first went with England he, he was at Inter Milan at the time and he pulled me over because I was sitting there by myself come and sit with us and right he was there and Paul would ask us about uh, the crazy game was it yeah. did you really do that was you really getting into this I can't believe you would do this and and also we he was born in East London where I was and we played against district time uh, teams as well so uh yeah, good times, good picture. Yeah. Every do you remember Kev, every kit you used to wear was the same size, wasn't it? Yeah, like extra, it was, extra yeah. Large.
0: every <laughs> kit, every kit would come down to there.
2: There was no like tightness or loose, it was all the same size. Warren, it, it was worried. tight on me, mate.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Warren, is that why they were trying to fit into this one, these Just, two? Oh, I mean, hey, I didn't realise, right, he's got a little pinhead,
2: hasn't he? He's got a little no, pinhead. No, I'm telling you, mate. Hey, I'm isn't telling he you. Hey, not now, oh. he's not, Kev. Kev no, not I know. Not
1: a I know, I know, mate. I know. He's,
0: uh, he's oh, all right. it's so good. Brilliant <laughs> stuff. It Great memories and stuff. Oh, I love it. Okay, let me get a couple more questions in for you guys and then we're out. Um, So there's a lot of questions about January transfer market to both of you. So in a nutshell, real quick, 30 seconds. Warren, are Newcastle investing in January?
2: I think they get two players in January. And it might be a younger one for the future, and then one maybe to be a squad player or a first team player. So yes, two.
0: Kev uh musa who by the way, Warren and I have been following a lot here in the US with the US men's national team. An Arsenal, an oldie, youngie, but an oldie who left and went to Spain. Mm-hmm. We're interested, supposedly. You got Tielemans. Who are you going for? The proven Premier League player or See, bringing Telemans.
1: back? Where we are, we need proven. Where we are, we need proven. Musa could be a good signing further forward, maybe Summer, but Tielemans right now. Definitely. Get them both. Go and
2: get both of them.
0: Says the Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, okay. Real quick, because we've been talking about internationals, How how do international partnerships influence the team you sign and play for? Is everyone in Saka's ear saying, hey, come to City, you'll win Premier League. Is everyone in Kane's ear saying, go to Bayern Munich, you'll win stuff there. What's happening, guys?
2: Well, I did have Baron Venison talk to me when he was at Newcastle, I was at Wimbledon and I was linked and he just said to me, you know, if you join them, Kevin's doing a great thing. It's going to be... Because I'd actually spoken to David Dean at Arsenal and he was waiting to get a new manager. Uh, so I'd already spoken to them. So it was either Arsenal or Newcastle and, and Venice said to me, Come and join us, it'd be great up there. And I was actually taking Venice's Barry Venison's spot on the team. He was mm-hmm. leaving, and Venice said to me, Yeah, so it does happen. There's no doubt it happens.
0: Uh Kev, do they really create genuine friendships on international duty? That's the fly yeah. on the wall stuff that um fans want to know.
1: Yeah, I, I think you you definitely do, because you you tend to you you connect with people sometimes who you you probably think you you don't have much in common with. But when you're in actually there, you find out they're actually a good guy and you, you connect and you get along and uh, yeah, it, I, there, I, there, there are genuine I, friendships.
2: I did that with Andy Cole and we were sitting there having breakfast. There's only us two in there and I thought, Andy's never going to talk to me. Mm. Started speaking to Andy and he was fantastic. And then since yeah. then we always like, hello, how are you doing? And he that. was he, he was brilliant. Yeah. Alan like Shearer, that. on the other hand, Alan Shearer, I'm sitting there having breakfast on my own, fucking sat on another table <laughs> with his back to me, had his, had his well, breakfast and walked you. out. What? We'll talk talk <laughs> that
0: a snob! What a snob! No,
2: no, end up playing for seven years with him at Newcastle.
0: Uh, yeah, but
1: but <laughs> you're with England now, Warren. I don't yeah. want to know you yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. can Get get your coat, Barton. You only you only got six. Caps. Oh man. no! Oh, I love
0: it. Okay, another fun one before I get you guys out on a serious question. uh Warren, do you miss playing for Maidstone United on a cold December night? That's from Mark, who's one of our OGs.
2: Uh. To be honest with you, Mark, no. (laughs) The the pitch was like that. People screaming at us, but yeah, it was it was where it all started, so it was fun. But no, I don't. That's why I never went back. Once I finished, I wasn't going back going back in a non-league game. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) Matt.
0: I mean, if you've played at Plough Lane in oh,
2: yes, your and,
0: career, you can play uh, pretty much anywhere. I, I've, anyway. played at Jambler. I've
2: played Dally at Daly Jamlet. I've played at them. <laughs> Yeovil Yo Town. You don't mm. want to be playing there that much.
0: No. And you guys are heading to... Um, you're actually at home to Bournemouth in the Cup. We've got to go to Oxford United. That's not a pleasant trip either, let's be honest. I mean, Oxford's a lovely city, but it's one of those FA Cup away games. Right, I'm going to get you guys out on this. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. You guys are the owners of the club or the, the the head honcho at the FA. There's three managers involved here. we get to the end of the season for the two clubs, but I'm going to give you this one to start off with. Gareth Southgate, does he keep his England job? If you are both in charge, Superkev, I start with you first. Do you keep Gareth Southgate as England manager, yes or no?
1: Yes. Yes
0: even though he's failed in... Sophie, you asked the question. You, you asked the question, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I mean, hey. come on. It's not a two question. You, it's it's you fo- asked one question. Because when he said no, I I've got to have a follow-up answer. They'll kill me. They'll kill me if you don't ask them why.
1: <laughs> well, why? I've already I've already answered that. He's the second most qualified England coach. The, uh, the margins are fine. And there aren't, there isn't a lot wrong. So... What he needs to do is tweak it just that bit to get over the light or to try something a little bit different. But there's not a lot wrong.
0: Warren, same reasons?
2: Yep, totally agree. Like I said, go and get maybe a, a coach that can help him man-manage games or think about someone that he can confide in in that, that respect.
0: Okay. And maybe make, um, maybe
2: make a sub earlier. But other than that, he's, like Kev said, he's done a lot of good things.
0: Okay, so then we get to the end of the season. Eddie Howe's missed out on Champions League football. Mikel Arteta hasn't won the league, but he's finished fourth. Do they both keep their jobs?
2: Yes. Yeah, no doubt. 100%. Okay. But we're, We well, will finish in the top four, though. So we'll be fine.
0: <laughs> Wait, where are you going to Is that Arsenal or Newcastle?
2: <laughs> You'll be third. We'll be fourth.
0: I'm you're now, now, is it? It's oh, you're a Newcastle fan you all, all right. right. No, yeah, all come, right.
2: On. come on, come on. Oh. As I said, I was an Arsenal fan when it was at Highbury. That's my club. Now it That's moves your, that, yes. that that big, that big empty stadium. I don't. It doesn't feel the same. Oi, oi. What's your math? Oh, I
0: love it. Uh, well, personally, I would sack them all. Sports
2: oh, you're in a good one. Just, yeah, just because it's raining in LA for once out of like three hundred and sixty-five <laughs> days, she's, she's upset.
0: Oh, brilliant stuff from you both, um, Warren. Let so, everyone know where yeah. So, Gone, Kev. Go on. Okay,
1: if you sack Gareth Southgate, who are you gonna who's who would you put in as manager?
0: Eddie Howe. I'd, I'd absolutely destroy Warren completely here, and I would take Eddie Howe uh, as England manager to take him to the. If they want an Englishman, if they don't want an Englishman, then you know you open up. I don't understand the Pochettino stuff. I mean, he's not won anything. Like, what is that about? Too cool? You're going to have no, a German Eddie, managing Eddie, England. Eddie Howe hasn't
1: about. won anything either. So.
0: No, but he's an Englishman who's going places. You're going to put your money in that. Remember what, who was it who recently said in their book, it annoyed them when they were at the World Cup and, they, and Fabio Capello and his staff were watching Italy play cheering. What England player recently just wrote about that and said that out loud, that it actually annoyed the England players? when they were hearing Capello and the Italian coaching staff. It's probably I mean, Rooney.
2: Rooney's on a mission at the moment. There he? you go. <laughs> <laughs> Rooney's having a go at everyone at the moment. So... Taking no prisoners, is he Warren? Have a word <laughs> with your
0: mate, Kev. Have a <laughs> word no, with
2: Leave him. <laughs> leave him. It's brilliant. It's... Is that, he's just it's knocking brilliant. people out left, right, Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, Brilliant stuff. Look, you can follow Warren, um, uh, at Warren Barton too. Uh, I got that right, right, um, Mr. Barton? Right. Yeah, Warren Barton yeah. too. You can watch him on Fox Soccer as well. And we're always delighted when he joins us. You're top shelf, absolute quality. Thank you so much for your time again, Warren.
2: Nice one, Warren. A pleasure. Pleasure, top guys. One, mate. Cheers.
0: Super Kev. why don't you take us out tonight?
1: Listen, well, we've brought you Warren from the World Cup to San Diego, who's got sunshine. <laughs> Hostess with the Moses, Sophie, has got rain. But in London, there's snow and it's chaos. <laughs> and in Manchester, it's cold but clear. So look after yourselves, everybody. Take good care. And up the Arsenal. At ease, Squaddies. At ease. At ease, everyone.
0: Go over to the Gooners Pod for some Arsenal financial education right now. Magic Mike gonna tell you who we can buy and not. Later. Oh, 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 Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. The Highbury squad is powered by Zenith Coins. Support the future, treasure the past. Official licence partner of the Arsenal Football Club. Follow at Zenith Coins across all social platforms.